Shalom and welcome to Daily Bread for Busy Moms, a daily Bible reading podcast that goes through the whole Bible in a year. We follow along with the weekly Torah portions and read daily from the Torah, the prophets, the writings, and the apostles. If you want to learn more about the podcast or connect with us online, find us at dailybreadmoms.com. There you'll find information about the journal. Um, that's the Bible reading plan that we use, um, which Bible translation we use, and how to contact us. You'll also see information about how you can support the podcast by becoming a patron and how we can connect with you more. We've got some new things for our sweet patrons and are excited to let you hear from us in more ways beyond the daily Bible readings. So find us at dailybreadmoms.com. We look forward to connecting with you. Let's get to our podcast episode for today. Shalom, this is Harriet, and I will be your reader today, this Monday, the 11th of December, or the 28th of Kislev on the Hebrew calendar. This week we are in a parasha called Miketz, and that means at the end. And today in history is the possible date of the angel Gabriel's visit to Miriam in Nazareth, nine months before Rosh Hashanah, and the fall feast in the seventh month. And we can read about that in Luke 12. No, I'm sorry, Luke 1, 26 through 38. Today our Torah portion is from Genesis or Bereshit, chapter 41, verse 15 through verse 38. Please join me in blessing and thanking the Lord for giving us his word. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives the Torah of truth and the good news of salvation to his people Israel and to all peoples through his Son, Yeshua the Mashiach, our Master. So we start in Genesis. Then Paro said to Yosef, I dreamed a dream, and there is no one to interpret it. I heard about you. It is said that you can listen to a dream to interpret it. Then Yosef answered Paro, saying, It is not within me. God will answer with shalom for Paro. So Paro said to Yosef, In my dream there I was, standing by the bank of the Nile, and to my surprise out of the Nile seven cows were coming up, beefy and good-looking, and they grazed in the reeds. Then all of a sudden there were seven other cows coming up after them, feeble, very ugly, and emaciated. I've never seen the likes of these in the whole land of Mitzrayim for ugliness. Then the emaciated and ugly cows ate the first seven beefy cows. When they were devoured, one could not tell that they had been devoured. Their appearance was as ugly as it was at first. Then I woke up. Then I saw in my dream there were seven ears of corn coming up on one stalk, plump and good. Then suddenly there were seven ears of corn, dried up, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouting up after them. Then the thin ears of corn swallowed up the seven good ears of corn. So I told the fortune-telling priests, but no one could provide me 
with an explanation. Then Yosef said to Paro, Paro's dream is one. God has told Paro what he is about to do. The seven good cows, they are seven years. Also the seven ears of corn, they are seven years. It is one dream. The seven emaciated and ugly cows coming up after them, they are seven years. Also the seven empty ears of corn scorched by the east wind, there will be seven years of famine. It is the word that I have already said to Paro, what God is about to do, he has shown to Paro. Seven years of abundance are about to come in the whole land of Mitzrayim. The seven years of famine will come up after them, and all the abundance in the land of Mitzrayim will be forgotten, and the famine will consume the land. So the abundance in the land will be unknown because of the famine that follows, for it will be a very oppressive famine. Now, as for repeating Paro's dream twice, it's because the matter has been settled by God, and God will quickly make it happen. So now, let Paro select a man, discerning and wise, and set him in authority over the land of Mitzrayim. Let Paro act by appointing administrators over the land, and take a fifth portion from the land of Mitzrayim during the seven years of abundance. Then let them gather all the food from these good years that are coming, and let them store up grain under Paro's hand as food for the cities, so they may preserve it. Let the food be held in reserve for the land for the seven years of famine that is coming upon the land of Mitzrayim. Then the land will not be annihilated by the famine. Now the plan seemed good in the eyes of Paro as well as all his servants. Then Paro said to his servants, Can a man like this be found, one in whom is God's Spirit? That was Genesis forty-one fifteen through 38. And because of Hanukkah, we are having a second reading from the Torah, and it is Numbers 7, 30 through 35. On the fourth day was the prince of the sons of Reuven, Elizur, son of Shadur, his offering was one silver plate weighing a hundred and thirty shekels, one silver basin weighing seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both filled with fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one ladle of ten shekels of gold filled with incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old to be sacrificed as a fellowship offering. This was the offering of Elizur, son of Shedor. That was Numbers 70, Philoth, sorry, Numbers 7, verse 30 through 35. Now our portion from the Prophets. Today we'll be reading 1 Samuel, or Shmuel, chapter 17. Now the Philistines assembled their armies to battle. They were gathered at Sokol of Yehuda, 
and camped in Ephes Damim, between Soko and Aseka. Shaul and the men of Israel gathered and camped in the valley of Elah, then lined up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines were standing on the mountain on one side, and Israel was standing on the mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. Then a champion stepped out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath, from Gat, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and a breastplate of scale armor. The weight of the bronze breastplate was five thousand shekels. He also had bronze shin guards on his legs and a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the head of his spear weighed six hundred shekels of iron, and his shield-bearer was marching ahead of him. Then he stood and shouted out to the ranks of Israel, saying to them, Why come out to line up in battle array? Am I not the Philistine, and aren't you Shaul's servants? Choose for yourselves a man, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will become your slaves. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you will become our slaves and serve us. The Philistines added, Today I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man so we may fight together. But when Shaul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and very terrified. Now David was son of a certain Ephrathite man of Bethlehem of Yehuda, whose name was Ishai. He had eight sons, and during the days of Shaul the man was old, advanced in years among men. Now the three oldest sons of Ishai had already left and gone after Shaul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle was Eliav, the firstborn, and second to him, Avinadav, and the sh third, Shema. David was the youngest, so the three oldest followed Shaul. Now David would go back and forth from Shaul to tending his father's sheep by Bethlehem. For forty days the Philistine would come out every morning and evening to present himself. Then Ishai said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these ten slices of cheese to the captain of their thousand and check out the welfare of your brothers, and bring back some token from them. They are with Shaul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. So David rose up early in the morning, left with the flock with the keeper, took the provisions, and went as Ishai had commanded him. When he reached the camp, the army was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines drew up their battle lines, army against army. Then David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper and ran to the battle line and entered to check out his brother's welfare. But as he was talking with them, behold, the champion, 
The Philistine from Gath, named Goliath, was coming up from the ranks of the Philistines, and he spoke these same words, and David heard them. Upon seeing him, all the men of Israel fled from him in great fear. All the men of Israel were saying, Have you seen this man who keeps coming up? Surely he is coming up to defy Israel. The man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, give him his daughter in marriage, and make his father's house tax-free in Israel. Then David asked the men who were standing by him, saying, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the ranks of the living God? The people answered him with the same speech, saying, Thus it will be done for the man who strikes him down. Now when Eliab, his oldest brother, heard him speaking to the men, Eliab's anger was kindled against David. Why have you come down here? he asked. So with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart, for you have come down here to watch the battle. What have I done now? David said. It was only a question. Then he turned away from him towards someone else and asked the same question. So the people gave him the same answer as before. The words that David said were overheard and reported before Shaul, so he was taken to him. David said to Shaul, Let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Then Saul, Shaul said to David, You can't go fight this Philistine, for you're just a youth, and he's been a warrior since his youth. But David said to Shaul, Your servant has been tending his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it, struck it down, and rescued the lamb out of its mouth. If it rose up against me, I grabbed him by its fur, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, so this uncircumcised Philistine will become like one of them, since he has defied the ranks of the living God. Then David said, The Lord who has delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Go, said Shaul to David, and may the Lord be with you. Then Shaul clothed David with his own garb, put a bronze helmet on his head, and clothed him in armor. David strapped his sword on his garment and tried to walk, but he was not used to it. So David said to Shaul, I cannot walk in these, for I am not used to them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the valley, put them in his pocket of the shepherd's bag that he had, and with his sling in his hand he approached the Philistine. Meanwhile the Philistine drew nearer and approached David with his shield-bearer in front of him. Now when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was just a ruddy boy with a handsome appearance. Then the Philistine said to David, 
Am I a dog that you came to me with sticks? Then the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, so I may give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You are coming to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I am coming to you. In the name of the Lord, Tzvaot, God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and take your head off you, and I will give the carcasses of the Philistines' camp today to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth. Then all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel, and so all this assembly will know that the Lord delivers not with sword and spear, for the battle belongs to the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. Then when the Philistine rose and began to advance, drawing near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took from it a stone, and slung it, striking the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, struck the Philistine down, and killed him. Since there was no sword in David's hand, David ran, stood over the Philistine, picked up his sword, drew it from his sheath, slew him, and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Then the men of Israel and Yehuda rose up, shouted and pursued the Philistines all the way to the valley up to the gates of Ekron. The slain Philistines fell down along the way to Sha'arim, even up to Gath and Ekron. When Bnei Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. So David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his own tent. Now when Shaul saw David going out against the Philistine, he asked Avner, the commander of the army, Avner, whose son is this boy? Avner said, As your soul lives, your majesty, I do not know. So the king said, Then find out whose son this young man is. So when David returned from killing the Philistine, Avner took him and brought him before Shaul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Whose son are you, young man? Shaul said to him. David answered, I am the son of your servant Yeshai, the Bethlehemite. That was First Samuel 17. Now our portion from the writings will be Psalm 57. For the music director, do not destroy the Mikhtam of David when he fled from Shaul in the cave. Be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I take refuge until the destruction passes by. I will cry out to El Elyon, to God who accomplishes it for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He rebukes the one trampling on me.
Sela. God is sending his mercy and his truth. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie among those breathing fire, son of men, whose te teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongue is a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be all over the earth. They spread a net for my steps. My soul bowed down. They have dug a pit for me. They fell into it themselves. My head is steadfast, O God. My head is, heart is steadfast. I will sing, yes, I will make music. Awake, my glory, awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, my Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your loving kindness is great up into the heavens, and your truth to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. That was Psalm 57, and our final portion from the Apostolic Writings will be Mark chapter 12, verse 1 through verse 27. Yeshua began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard. He put a hedge around it, dug a pit for the winepress, and built a tower. He leased it to some tenant farmers and went on a journey. And at the season he sent a servant to collect from the tenants part of the vineyard's fruit. But grabbing him, they beat him up and sent him away empty-handed. And again the man sent another servant to them, and they wounded his head and treated him shamefully. He sent another, and then one they killed, and so on with many others, beating some and killing some. He had yet one, a well-loved son. He sent him to them last, last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But both those tenants, excuse me, but those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come on, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So grabbing the son, they killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the master of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read the scripture? The stone which the builders rejected, this has become the chief cornerstone. This came from the Lord, and it's marvelous in our eyes. They were trying to seize Yeshua because they realized that he spoke the parable against them. But they feared the crowd, so they left him and went away. Then they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Yeshua in order to trap him with a word. They come and say to him, Teacher, we know that you are honest, and what others think does not concern you. You don't look at men's appearance, but teach the way of God according to the truth. Is it permitted to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Yeshua saw through their hypocrisy and said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. They brought one, and he said to them, 
Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they said to him. And Yeshua said to them, Give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were completely amazed at him. The Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came and began questioning Yeshua, saying, Teacher, Moshe brought for us, wrote for us, that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but no children, then his brother should take the widow and father children for his brother. There were seven brothers, and the first took a wife, and when he died, left no offspring. And the second took her and died, leaving no offspring, and the third likewise. Now the seven left no offspring. Last of all, the woman died too. In the resurrection, when they rise up, whose wife will she be? For all seven had married her. Yeshua said to them, Isn't this the reason you have gone astray? Because you don't understand the scriptures or the power of God. For when they rise up from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But concerning the dead being raised, haven't you read in the book of Moshe about the burning bush? How God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Yitzchak, and the God of Yaakov. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You have gone far astray. That was Mark 12, 1 through 27. And for you, those of you who are reading through the Apostolic Writings twice this year, you would also read 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 28 today. This has been Harriet with Daily Bread for Busy Moms. I pray that you will have a blessed day. Shalom from Israel. Until next time.